guys fired up today? How's the weather? It's good, yeah? Because yesterday it wasn't so good. Anybody lose their roof or their kids or their dogs or anything go flying away? There was craziness, yeah? Friday and Saturday. We invited in our guest speaker today, and he's from Sydney, Australia. He's originally from New Zealand, but he lives in Sydney, Australia right now. But here's the deal. We're thinking like, oh, we're going to show him Hawaii, and we're going to bless him. We're going to, Pastor Rob's going to take him golfing, and we're going to take him, we're going to go to the beach on Saturday, and we're just thinking everything's going to be beautiful. He's from um, Sydney now. He lives right by Manly Beach. Anybody ever heard of Manly Beach? It's where all the men are in Australia. Um, But it's a beautiful white sand beach, this huge bay, beautiful water. It's summertime in Australia right now over there. And so he's coming from that beauty. And we're thinking, oh, we're going to give him a run for his money, Hawaii, right? And we get hit with whatever we just got hit with, right? Not even a heads up like it's a hurricane. Just like, it might be a little windy. And... So he went golfing on Friday with Pastor Rob, and I don't know where the balls were going in that wind. Um, Pastor Nick said he was hitting them, and they are coming right back to him. Um, and then the next day was beach day. We had to cancel beach day. We didn't even want to drive on the road. Branches are breaking, power outages. You guys' roofs were flying away. But we finally got together. We had to settle for uh, Windward Mall. How exciting, right? <laughs> so we went to a movie at the mall, uh, but then he was able to catch a UH basketball game last night in UH1, everyone. So um, anyways, I feel bad. We weren't able to give him really what Hawaii is all about. And then it gets nice today and he's leaving tomorrow morning. But he loves us anyway, so we can thank him for that. But anyway, Pastor Andrew Kubala, he, um, he and his wife Janine are um, uh, healing evangelists. And they go around and they have incredible ministry all over Australia, but all over the world, actually, different conferences and stuff. And their whole deal is, it, it's pretty simple, because I was getting to know him over dinner the other night. And the reality is this, is God's power showed up to heal him in a miraculous way in his life. And he just decided, I'm going to commit my my life to introducing other people to what God can do. God did this for me, so I'm going to let other people know that God can do that for them. In other words, like you look at his, follow him on Instagram or whatever, and he just constantly shows miracles, and then he just puts hashtag, he is real. God is real. And so that's the heart of this guy. So I'm just so blessed that he's the real deal. He's not a showy person. He's not that. And, and you know, just there's some people that you're just kind of like, well, who's this guy? What's the real motives? I just love that he's just a normal good guy that loves the Lord and wants to put Jesus on display and the power of God on display in people's lives. Since they started their ministry in 2008, they've seen over 32,000 people come to know Jesus Christ. And you go to their website, kubalaministries.org, which I encourage you to go there. Testimony after testimony of real, honest-to-goodness, proven miracles that have happened in people's lives. In fact, Friday night service, there is a miraculous healing right here on stage. And tonight is going to blow your mind. We're having special healing service tonight where it's actually the youth service, but we're all invading the youth service tonight. And it's going to be a healing service and God is going to show up tonight. So anyways, without further talk, because I don't want to take up all of his time, would you guys rise to your feet and give a warm Hope Chapel welcome to Pastor Andrew Kubala. Thanks, boss. God bless. Amen. God's good. Come on, oh, stand, 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 stand. Come on, why don't we just lift our hands just for a minute, just for a minute. Come on. There must be somebody here who needs a miracle. You know, the Bible says lift up your eyes because this is where your help comes from. Lord, I just pray just right now as we lift our hands to you, believing for our miracles. And Lord, perhaps today, go ahead. Perhaps today, there is a miracle required in our heart. Because maybe it's been broken. 
because of a, a relationship that's gone wrong or hurt, unforgiveness. Maybe there's torment in your mind. God needs to fix you, set you free. There's anxiety, depression, stress, worry. God would make a way for us today in the nine o'clock service that something could shift for us. Or perhaps, perhaps we need a miracle to do with our finance. God, that you're big enough, you're able maybe to give us a new job, a salary increase, to buy land or sell a house. Something could turn. Or maybe tonight, today, you need a healing. My Bible says by His stripes we are healed. Lord, so we lift our hands. Come on. We lift our hands in the confident expectation that something would shift. We invite the Holy Spirit into this room, into our lives, that we would leave different. That tonight in the healing service, our lives are going to be radically turned around and we would laugh at the goodness of God and testimony after testimony of God's goodness would be shared from this platform. God, we love You. We honour You. We give You this space in Jesus' Name. Come on, if you believe that, give God a big clap. Come on, Hope Chapel. You can do better than that. He's, he's as good as He gets. Amen. Oh, he's good. Well, we're blessed. Why don't you have a seat? Turn to somebody and say, it's good already. The Kiwi is doing good already. Amen. Well, let me just tell you, I, I feel so welcome, so blessed, and you have looked after me. My golf game is not that good, but the wind didn't interrupt it one little bit. Um, I've probably improved uh, my golf game. And, um, you know, I love your pastors. They've been so generous to me, bringing me over. And I was telling Janine, uh, I said, you're going you're gonna to love this place. I feel like I'm home already. And you, you know that because you can be a little bit naughty and they still like you. And uh, who knows, it's all right to be a little bit naughty in church. And um, there is a line, but uh, some, it's blurry. Um, but aren't your pastors the cutest pastors in the world? Let's give them a big hand and thank them for everything they do. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being my friend. I love Hawaii. Like Sydney's good, but Hawaii is where Jesus lives. I mean, in Hawaii, you've got the nicest people, the best looking, the most generous. And uh, I, I, I'm praying that God would let me live in Hawaii. And um, you've got no snakes. Uh, that's that's reason to move just right there. Just, uh, just last week we had a snake in our backyard and one of the most deadly snakes in the world. And uh, so that's not so good. But Hawaii, you don't have that problem. So um, we're, we're blessed. You know, I am married. Uh, that will disappoint a few people, I'm sure, that I'm, I'm, that I'm taken. Uh, but, I, but I am. Janine made sure of that. In fact, when we got married, Janine put a ring on this finger and on this finger. 
So no matter when I hold a microphone, people, you know, know that I'm married. Because she reckons that they're always looking, going, is he married, is he married? So they've got a microphone, you know. She's very insecure about that. She needs to be. Like, I, mean, I, I know. Well, anyway, um, I'm actually pretty funny. Like, if you're wondering what's going on, it's like, it's just, it's, I'm not trying to be. I just, I just am. And uh, it's just, I don't know what's going to happen with that. But I like Janine, and I thought, well, I'm going to marry her because I liked her. That's normally how it goes. Uh, but I, I liked her, so... Uh, three m months after we had met, uh, I asked her to marry me. She said yes. Three months after that, we got married. I'd only spent 12 days together in the same nation before we got married. So when the minister said, will you take Janine Marie? I went, Marie? Because I didn't even know her middle name. <laughs> I married her for her legs. Amen. I, 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 was, I was head over heels in love with her. Do you remember? It was Valentine's, right? So we're allowed to talk about this for a little bit. I liked her. I thought, that's it. I'm going to marry that girl. Now, she was a career kind of girl. She uh, was going to be the ambassador for Australia, for Indonesia. And uh, so she was like flat out doing that and traveling the world. And she was kind of a big deal. And she wasn't really like into ministry, into church stuff, if you know what I mean. She was just doing her thing. And that was cool. I was into it. Like, I'm, I'm into like, you, you live your dream. You know, you got to live your own God dream. And that's, that's cool. So um, she came to my youth camp. We had like... Uh, I don't know, maybe 2,000 people at a youth camp. And, uh, and Janine was there and the, the speaker came and she had a like burning bush moment where God spoke to her and she had this vision of us together, like married, pulling this plow, like the old fashioned oxen plow, you know, yoked together. And I was pulling the plow and she was sitting on the ground. And God said to her, it's not like you're going in a different direction. You're just not helping him. And she said, uh, and so God said, you know, you need to help the guy. And so she said to me um, this one day, she said, oh, you know, God really told me. And I was like, yeah, babe, you know, what do you do? And uh, I said, how, I don't know how you can help me. And she said, I talk sometimes for my, you know, for when I travel around the world doing this, these seminars and stuff. And I said, well, why don't you share your story on how you got saved? Because I hadn't heard how she got saved yet. I was still in love. And uh, so we, I had to cut around to her testimony. So on Friday night in front of 1,200 of my young people, so I'm sitting there on, our, on my youth service, Janine gets up and shares her story, how at the age of eight she was sexually abused at, uh, at a, a youth camp at the age of eight. She went by two of the leaders, and she went and told the camp mum and dad what had happened. They said it was her fault that she was a flirt at the age of eight. So the way she saw church and God was really damaged even at that little young age. But she was still in church. Uh, but she, when she was a teenager, she had anorexia and bulimia because it really damaged the way she saw herself. Uh, she went to Miami here in America and uh, got her master's in international studies, joined the Hare Krishna movement because she was looking for God, which is kind of cool. Um, a little princess, Hare Hare Krishna. <laughs> How is that ever going to work? Um, Anyway, but she had this like kind of cool like VIP meeting with the guru, the guru of the Hare Krishna movement. And uh, she said like there were guns in the room. It was like high security stuff. And she said to the Hare Krishna guy, because, you know, they're trying to find God. She said, well, do you believe in Jesus? He goes, yeah, yeah. He's one of the ways, many ways. Open your life, Janine, to other possibilities. 
And he said, what about the Bible? Do you believe in the Bible? She goes, yeah, yeah, I believe in the Bible. And uh, he said, you know, uh, but there's other books and great books. He said, I don't get it. If you believe in Jesus, believe in the Bible. The Bible says there's only one way to salvation, and that's through Jesus Christ. She said, when she said that, his demeanor, his physical form and his face changed. His voice changed and said, I'm sick of your fascination with this dead Jew. Get out. And she got removed from the campus. So she thought, maybe the Hare Krishna movement isn't for her. <laughs> She's so smart. She went with her girlfriend to South America. And uh, at the airport, her and her girlfriend, they had nowhere to go, nowhere to live. They met these people. They said, come live with us in our commune. They were drug lords. She didn't know that. So that was a little bit awkward. Um, her friend took her to get some supplies. They walked walked into this place, she didn't even know where she was going. She walked into this place and uh, Dan was uh, buying supplies, but uh, it, it was a drug deal and it was going wrong. Uh, the guy was arguing and there were guns getting pulled out, like, like they were going to try and shoot each other. Dan passes Janine this uh, bag and said, if you want to live today, run for your life. Janine's running through the Colombian jungle with a kilo of heroin thinking, how have I got here? And there are many people, even in this room, and you're in a mess. And you wonder, how have I got here? And Janine was remembering those beautiful Sunday school days where everything was nice and peace and calm. And now she's in this dark place. And the reason they were arguing is because the guy who was doing the drug deal wanted to buy Janine for human trafficking, wanted to buy her to service the the generals who worked in the opium fields, she would have been gone, never seen again. But Dan kind of liked her, so he was fighting for her, saying, you can't have her, she's mine. Janine goes away for a weekend, comes back. The Colombian police had come right at the commune. Everybody was dead. They killed every person in that commune. Janine just escaped just by hours. Janine's got a pretty great story, actually. It freaked me out. This is the first time I'm hearing the story. I've married to her now. I'm asking if there are refunds on marriage. I'm a pastor, I know there's not. I'm stuck with her forever. I'm going, God. She tells me she meets the devil in a dream. The devil comes to her. She's telling me this. And she says, the devil wasn't this weird guy in a red suit. Everything he said had an element of truth to it. He said, Janine, you're not living for me and you're not living for God. Do you know what? There are a lot of people like that. They're in the in-between. They're not committing adultery. They're not doing bad things, but they're not living for God. They may even come to church, but then they just live their life normal on a Monday. It's just like this weird thing. And the devil said to her, if you give your life to me, you'll be successful in all your endeavors. Your children will be blessed successful and you know, I'm even happy for you to keep your eating disorder it's amazing because even the devil knows your most inner secret thoughts she says all right I choose you as soon as she does that from the top of her head to the soles of her feet she comes completely stone cold wakes up screaming Jesus save me the Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord you'll be saved 
Her mother on the other side of the world rings up exactly the same time. She says, I've been praying for you all night. She had a scripture saying that the devil had come to sift her as wheat. Has this born again experience. Two years later, the most miraculous thing happens. She meets me. And then from then on, it just got better and better and better. And that's what happens when you marry a man of God. Now, I'm not going to tell you all of her story, but just enough to say it was our largest salvation altar call we've ever had in our youth ministry. Over 350 people came to Christ the very first day Janine spoke. And uh, Janine would be one of Australia's leading healing evangelists. Um, last year, she spoke 30 times uh, around the world, speaking at different conferences and seminars. And I'm very proud of my girl, and um, she's, got, she's got a great story. What, one of the things that we do all around the world is um, we do uh, teaching on healing, and because he, oftentimes healing just isn't like an instantaneous thing, but it's a process. And I really believe it's actually a lifestyle, that we can have a lifestyle of healing, that it's just not a one-off thing, that we can live in healing that we can carry healing around our lives for our family and for our friends. And I thought, you know what, it's a disservice that we don't know how to have healing into our lives. So we've got um, this thing that we've, uh, USB with um, four or five messages that talk about healing and how to have healing. It's called the School of Healing, which we've just created. We, had the, we advertised our school in Sydney, which so we're gonna have School of Healing one day event in the first few days are completely sold out because I know there is a hunger for it. Um, I apologize because uh, last time we, we just printed, got these, these brand new 500. Our very first church we went to, we completely sold out. And, um, but we've got a few here today and you can take orders next week. Next week they'll be here and uh, you'll be able to pick them up. So we can produce them, get you here, and then you can, and they're for sale at the courtyard. So that's going to be a, a, a big blessing to a whole bunch of people because you need to live in healing and that's going to, that would be a smart thing to do because nobody wants to be sick. Right, Mark 3 verse 1, let's get, get onto this good message. Another time he went to the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with a shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Jesus asked them, which is lawful to, on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, but, or to save life or to kill? They remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deep distress at their stubborn hearts. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and he was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with Herodians how they might kill Jesus. I love this because it talks about the story of a stretch. Every good Bible story has a stretch to it. I mean, if you think of Noah, for example, bad movie. <laughs> well, uh, but, you know, interesting, interesting stretch. You know, who reckons that after 20 years of Noah building a boat where there was no rain, uh, he might have thought this is a little bit awkward. There was a stretch for his miracle. That's what I'm saying. But because he did it, he was able to save his family. Abraham, for example, Abraham, you know, Abraham, take your son. <laughs> put him on an altar. Uh, he was called the father of faith because of his obedience, but there would have been numerous times, numerous times as he was walking up the mountain. So much pressure on the stretch. His son, 
to sacrifice him on an altar. I mean, that's ridiculous. He would have asked Isaac to go ahead of him as he was ill behind the bush. So much pressure on the moment. What about Esther? You know, let's give the girls a go. <laughs> when she's putting on her lipstick, you know, the day before she went before the king. Do you reckon she was feeling a little bit nervous? A little bit nervous? She would have because it was a big moment. But because she went before the king, because she stretched, because she believed God, she was able to save a whole nation. Well, what about Jesus, the greatest stretch of all time, huh? Right? When he died on that cross, we can have healing, salvation, eternity with him. There's a pretty big miracle as a result of his stretch. That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. But what about in the garden? I mean, he was like, yeah, Dad. <clears throat> Not really that keen on uh, dying. You know, uh, I know you want the miracle, uh, but the stretch, you're, the stretch you're asking me to do is, is big. If you could let this cup pass me by, <laughs> that'd be kind of cool. That's what he's praying. You see, what I'm talking about, let me just introduce you to this thought. We like the idea of lightning bolt God. We like the idea that we're going to come to church, lift our hands and bang, all of our problems are going to go away at once. Well, sometimes that can happen, but when, when I look at the Bible, often God asks us to do something to receive a miracle. That somewhere, big or small, there might just be something that he wants us to do. You know, the Bible says uh, that he stands at the door and he knocks. Have you ever heard that? Knocks at your heart. And he says, if you're to open the door, in other words, if you're to do something, just open the It's a bit, bit rusty. Hasn't been opened for but a CRC, bit of oil. If you don't open the door, I'll come in. You want to keep the door shut? Can't come in. Open, come in. You have to do something. Even Jesus, to receive the miracles for us, he wasn't exempt from it. You have to do it, Jesus. All right, God, if that's it, I'm going to do it. Why? Because he's saying, showing the example, showing us what we have to do. Now, I reckon every healing evangelist needs to have a good stretch story. 16 years ago, first year of marriage, when me and Janine got you know, married, I was excited. My first invitation to America to speak, and it was, my, and it was a big church, and they had television. And uh, I know you're watching online, but back in the day, we didn't do that. You know, it was like you're actually on TV. It was just, and they put makeup on you, you know, when they put that powdery stuff on, the, the lipstick and the glossy thing and, and the toilet brush, <laughs> mascara, uh, you know, whatever you need to do to get that thing happening, it's good. And Janine rings me up. She's speaking at Hillsong in London. And at the same time, she says, listen, uh, 
what message are you doing? She told, I told her, she said, don't do that. Do, do a healing message. I'm, I'm scared of my wife, so I thought, okay, well, I'll do that. And um, she looks good, but she's like... <laughs> Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And um, she's not here. Is this recorded? Delete I love you so much, Sally. Um, <laughs> no, I do. Um, it was good. The meeting went good, actually, like... 270 people came to Christ that morning and people were getting healed on the, on the, on the stage, just like bang, 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 bang. I was, I was feeling good. Have you ever had pride? You know, like you've cleaned the car or you've, you've done something, built a house and you looked at it and you've gone, good job. You, I reckon pastors are allowed that luxury every now and then, you know, like it's a good meeting. You know, it's not a bad pride. It's just like, this is good. And I was feeling like that, like people getting healed, people getting saved, you know, it's kind of what Jesus would do. And I was just feeling the glow a bit, just feeling nice. Who knows that one little whisper from God ruins that whole feeling. Just like, he, just, he knows how to just touch you. And uh, I remember just sitting there and he says, Andrew, to your right, there's a man who's blind and I want you to pray for him. I remember thinking to myself, why ruin a good meeting? by praying for a blind person because I had prayed for blind people before and it hadn't worked as well as I thought it would. And so why would I do that? You know, like things are going so well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because as you're talking, you know, there's, there's like other voices that talk to you as well when you you know, I can, I can hear like the devil talking to me as well. So my own insecurities. And then I've got the devil. He's whispering to me. And he's saying, Andrew, if you do this, it's going to be so embarrassing. It's not going to work. It's, 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 it's unachievable. A blind person. No, you've never done it. It won't happen. It's funny, you know, uh, Walt Disney created this person called Donald Duck. Does, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. We are in America, aren't we? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, Donald Duck, quack, quack. You know, so you're thinking, where's that in the Bible? No, like, like, hang with me. Donald goes to do something good or bad, and the angel duck, you know what I'm talking about? The angel duck appears on, on this side, and the devil on that side. When you're entering into spiritual activity, that's exactly what happens. I don't know how Walt Disney did it, but he articulated that perfectly. Because those voices are real. They are real in your life. Your own insecurities, sure. But then the devil comes and talks to us. Why? Because in John 10, 10, it says so. The devil comes to rob, steal, destroy. That's his only agenda. He does not want you to win in life. He does not want you to be blessed. He doesn't want your marriage to be blessed. He does not want you to be healed. He does not want you to become a Christian. He does not want you to enter into eternity with him. He wants you to remain beaten up, broken, depressed, the same, the same, lonely, sad. That is his agenda, that voice. That's all it is. Every time you hear it, he has got nothing good. He is the father of lies and you cannot trust him. But God always wants you to win. He is forward. So I'm hearing this. I'm hearing the devil and I hear other voices too. <laughs> You'd be worried about that. <laughs> I hear Janine. She pops in. She's everywhere. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, get down there immediately and pray for him. 
You're a healing evangelist that sits on your business card. Get this your job. <laughs> my, one of my other heroes, uh, Brian Houston, I'm telling you, Andy Kabbalah, I love to call friends. And you know, Bobby and I believe that the best, the best is yet to come. Everybody should be at Hillsong Conference 2015. God bless you. That's what it sounds like. My, my pastor, Phil Pringle, he's like, I'm telling you right here, right now, the power of God's on you, Andrew. No doubt about it. God's going to raise you up and uh, this guy's going to be healed. I can hear these voices in my head. You know, the Bible says that when you're about to do something for Him, there's actually a cloud of witnesses looking down at you, saying, come on, have a go, you little tinker. <laughs> go, Really? Yes, I'm scared. We all were, but we did it anyway. Stretch, Andrew. You know what? When you look in this book, they were all scared. Every one of them was wetting their pants. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. Abraham, do you think he was like this awesome man of faith that's walking up the mountain? No, he was wetting his pants. Esther, frightened. All the big guns in the Bible. How did they get in the book? It's because they did it. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, when they went into the furnace, God was like, that's such a good story. I'm writing it down. It's awesome. You guys are legends. I'm going to let other people know about that. That's, that's so good. That's good. Bring me another one. Bring me Gideon. Write that down. That's awesome. It's a sleep that's so good. It's like, they're Hardly anybody's like, wow, this is definitely going to happen. Faith is doing it scared. I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to. I looked down. First time I looked, there's the blind guy. Wrap around glasses, a cane and a dog. <laughs> That's probably him. <laughs> Walked down, said, man, what can I pray for you? It's always good to ask. And he says, I'm blind. I said, okay, we'll start there. He's 30 seconds into the prayer. He's bawling his eyes out, lifts up his glasses, says, I can see. I said, that's really great. There's like, like 500, 500 other people I've got to pray for. So the, you know, the queue's massive. And so I'm like, I'm like 10 people down, but I'm still thinking about, you know, like I'm praying for this person, but I'm still thinking about the blind person, thinking, is this legit? Like, is he just making it up? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm, like I'm, oh, God bless him. But I'm still thinking, you know, sorry. Uh, but just you know, to be honest, I have a big thump on my back. I get spun around. It's a blind man standing right in front of me. He grabs my ear, which is a little bit awkward. Please don't do that this morning. He says, Pastor, you don't understand. He said, I, am, I was born blind, but now I can see. I can see the lights. I can see your face. I can see everything. I was talking to uh, Pastor Tommy Barnett from the Dream Center and he explained to me it was his first time in church. <laughs> first time. 
Put on a bus. <laughs> oh, that's... Blind guy brought on a bus. So he walks, walks on the bus, sits down, and comes to church by himself, sits down. Hears that God can save him. So he walks down the altar by himself in church. Then he hears that God can heal him, so he remains. Who reckons that he stretched a little bit? Then over here, here's this like backslidden healing evangelist debating if he was going to stretch. Like we have all done, church, hearing God's voice, but then thinking, God, will you come through with me? If I stretch, will you be with me? And so I'm sitting here thinking, how did God do this miracle? I think somehow because he stretched and I stretched, that God was faithful and met us in the middle. Because I believe that the miracle is in the stretch. If you believe that today, come on somebody, help me out. Give, me God, give God a big clap and thank him for what he's doing. You know, I love this passage because here's this, this, this young guy. He's got something broken in his life. He's got a twisted hand and he decides he's coming to church. Faith comes by hearing. It comes from the Word of God. It comes from experience. I reckon he heard about the miracles. I reckon in the biggest tents at night, they, when they were warming their hands, they would have heard about the 10 lepers that something would have been changing, that there's now hope for our circumstance that we don't have to be the same. He had something broken in his life and he came to church. In the old days, if you had a disability, you wouldn't have been allowed in church. You would have been asked to be at the gate or the doorway, but you wouldn't be allowed in the sanctuary as it were. It wouldn't have been kosher. So he would have, he probably would have, perhaps hidden the thing that's broken so nobody could see it. You know, friends, I think oftentimes we do that with God. We've got things that are broken in our lives, hurt, pain, wrong relationships, addictions, things that we aren't proud of. And so we come to church and we hide it. And this is, this is what he was doing. He was probably, you could imagine, sitting in the middle so he doesn't feel conspicuous. Then Jesus says to him, I want you to stand in front of everyone. So who reckons that he might be having a little Donald Duck moment right then? Feeling a little bit anxious, but you know, somewhere in your life, you have to stand for Christ. Somewhere in your world, you have to stand for the miraculous, that something is going to turn for you, that this could be the day that the Lord has made. Drawing a line in the sand, as it were, and say, yeah, I'm crossing over. I'm not going to be this lukewarm Christian any longer. I'm not going to live my life like this. A miracle has to happen in my life, whatever it may be. You know, when I was 15 years old, I was brought up Catholic all my life. I went to Mass. It was compulsory to go to church. In fact, if you didn't go to Mass, 
You'd be kicked out of my, uh, my home, ridden out of the world, like disowned. I'm the youngest of eight in my family. My mum and dad were passionate about the Catholic Church. Well, you see, I had leukemia from the age of 13 to 18. When I was 15 years old, I was in school and this young girl asked me to go to a Presbyterian youth group. And I was a little bit worried about that, but because she was good looking, I was like, all right, I'll go. And uh, so I went, I liked it. There were other pretty girls there and they were really nice to me. And so I thought, well, this Presbyterian stuff's not too bad. Six weeks into it, the pastor says to me, Andrew, do you want to become a Christian? I said, no. He says, why not? I said, I already am. He said, why is that? And I said, well, I go to Mass. And I got told if you went to Mass, you're basically in. Like, you could live your life like you want, but if you go to Mass, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, it's, that's, what, that's what we were told. You know, like, you're just kind of like in. So that was good. He said, how would you go with the Ten Commandments, Andrew? I said, sure, I'll be fine. He said, by the way, he said, just because you go to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. <laughs> I said, what? He said, just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. And I thought, man, I, that did not agree with my theology at all. He said, how would you go to the Ten Commandments? I said, I'm pretty good. Like thinking to myself, I'm going to score like maybe a high nine, an eight out of the ten. Like how hard can it be? He said, have you ever lied? I said, well, only white ones, but they don't really count. He said, well, how many white ones before it's a real one? I said, no. I'm trying to help the brother out, you know what I mean? So I said, well, I suppose one. He said, so what are you then? I said, what do you mean? He said, if you tell lies, what are you? I said, a liar. He goes, that's right, you're a liar. Said, well, it's not very nice, is it? <laughs> I thought you Christians are supposed to help me out, going around telling me I'm a liar. He said, have you ever stolen anything? I said, sure. He said, so what are you? I'm going to get a stealer. He goes, no, you're a thief. I said, what is this, an English lesson? <laughs> He said, have you ever committed adultery? I'm 15. <laughs> 15! I haven't even had my first kiss, let alone commit adultery. He said, Andrew, the Bible says if you look lustfully at a woman, you commit adultery in your heart. Have you done that? I said, sure. Her and her and her and her and her. <laughs> Basically the whole youth group. Of the female side, anyway, you know, like, you've got to say that these days, you know. You know. <laughs> he said, God's holy and you're not. And sin, that's the truth, separates us from God. That's the big deal. And he said, but you can ask God to come into your life by praying a prayer, asking Jesus to come into your life and saying sorry for any sins. Now, for me... It wasn't an issue that God was real. In fact, all my life, I knew that God was real. Like, so, like, people ask me, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Do you think he's real? I think he's real. I just didn't have a relationship with him. I just didn't, like, in Catholic church, you know, like, I'm not trying to put down Catholic church or anything like that, but I thank God for my upbringing, actually. But I got, I got told, you know, like, this is how it kind of worked. The guy in the dress gets the download and then he tells you what God's saying like my thought was like God's not bothered with me the, this guy gets the down I'm happy just tell me and I'll ignore you but so you know just like what, whatever for God the thought that God would be interested in me 
that he had talked to me, forgive me, lead me, help me, was a complete strange concept. But I am amazed, aren't you? How 30 seconds, a 30 second prayer can change your whole life. That one prayer asking Christ to come into your life. You, you weren't going to heaven, now you are going to heaven. How crazy is that? You would think that God would make it way more complicated, that you'd have to give a certain amount of money or pray so many prayers or, or so many good deeds or something, but just to pray and have a connection and walk in that relationship with God would ensure your eternity. I am amazed that somebody can be blind and then a 30 second prayer, their eyes are open, shut the gate. That somebody can have leukemia and then they are prayed for and God heals them. I think, how does this happen? That's how powerful our God is. He says to this, this guy with the short hand, he says, you have to stand for me. Church, can I be honest? Somewhere you have to stand. Like just somewhere. Somewhere in your life you're going to have to say, you know what, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to stand for Christ. He says to these guys, he says, uh, is it lawful for me to do good or evil? And they go, oh, they don't know. They don't say anything. He's ticked. God's upset, not a good thing. Because he knows that they know the answer, but they refuse to say it. That's pride. Pride's a horrible thing. Most of the boys, that's, that's our problem, guys. We've got pride issues. Pride's the thing that kicks the devil out of heaven and put him into hell. Pride's the thing that says, I'll do it my way, my agenda, my, me, me, my timing. God always wants you to win. That's, he knew that they knew that, but they refused to say it. He says to the guy, stretch out your hand. I wonder if the worship team could join me. Stretch out your hand. <laughs> Another little Donald Duck moment, perhaps. I mean, here's the guy. He's already nervous, isn't he? He's standing up in front of the whole church. And he's the illustration for the morning. If I was him, I would be a peeker for sure. You heard right. What I mean by that is, I would look first. I'd be, I'd be, you want me to stretch? Cool, no problem. It's still twisted. It's still broken. You see, we want the miracle before the stretch. God goes, ah, uh, 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 oh. I'm God. You, you got to do it my way. You know, no, 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 I want to do it my way. No. Well, that's the reason I'm God and you're not. Because I'm kind of the big deal. You see, you say, Andrew, I've got all these problems. I go, okay, that's cool. You have to give God the thing that's broken for Him to heal it. If you try and hide it, He can't fix it. The Bible says if you confess your sins, what's that? It's like, it's like if you unhide it, uncover it, then I can, I can deal with this thing. 
Tell me all your problems. Give me your worst. Tell me you're hurt. Tell me you're disappointed. Tell me everything. And then I can, we can work with this. But if you're hiding all this stuff, as good as I am, I can't. I'm knocking. I love that picture. But you have to open. And then I'll come in. So my story, here I am, 18 years old, five years in and out of hospital. Massive doses of radio, radio chemotherapy. Could talk to you all day about it. But basically, at the end of that time, I was very sick. So sick you could see every single rib on my body. With one hand, I could wrap my whole hand around my leg because all I had was bone. I was very sick. My Catholic priest came and gave me my last rites, preparing me for burial. <laughs> Who knows that's a bad day. So like I was dying. Everybody thought I was dying, I thought I was dying. And then these happy youth pastors, Presbyterian youth pastors came to see me. and said, we've got a, a scripture for you. I said, how good's that? Saying that this is no longer gonna lead to death. And we wanna pray that God's gonna heal you. I could have said to them, why are you getting my hopes up? After five years of hospital, why are you teasing me in this 11th hour saying that now God has changed His mind and He's going to heal me. I could have kicked Him out of that hospital. I could have asked Him to go. I, I, I had every right to be angry, disappointed, messed up. Every right. Did I have faith? I had zero faith. I believed my Catholic priest. I believed my doctors. And don't we? I believed my family. I was dying. Where was the stretch for me? You see, even in my unbelief, the very fact that I allowed them to pray for me, I think was enough. Just enough of a seed that God could do something with that. You'd say, Andrew, all you need is that faith as small as a seed. And you know why this is awesome? It's because at church, often you've been prayed for before. Often there's been times when you've stretched. And I think God's saying, don't give up. And the very fact you're in church is enough, I believe, faith for God to do what He needs to do, even though perhaps you don't believe. I think that most people who get healed <laughs> don't believe they're going to get healed until they get healed. And then we all wow together. It's like this little wow moment. They go, wow, I never thought that would happen to me. And they go, wow, we all wow. And you wow, we all wow. Wow. I reckon when they parted the Red Sea, a whole bunch of people went, wow. Don't you? Don't you reckon they just went, that's cool. Like, well, 
So we all are in the same boat. You know, your pastors have stress today. You're not even bringing yourself. There'll be few churches in the world probably who would take a moment, like give a whole service, Sunday service, believing for your miracles. They want you to win. They're here. They're like, come on, let's, let's get this thing happen. They love you so much. And that's why a church like this is so awesome because when you're in trouble, we'll believe for you. Just come. And I'm asking you, even tonight, just come. Come with all your stuff. And let's just give it to God and see what He's going to do. And I guarantee you this, you will see miracles. If you've never seen a miracle, you'll see one tonight. Otherwise, you can give your offering back. Amen or something, you know. Money back guarantee. I don't know. Because you know what? God's good. He's good. He stretched. I stretched. They prayed for me within... Only a couple of days I was in remission, which was pretty amazing for me. I had infections running through my body that all turned around. I don't know how many, how old am I now? 27 years later. I'm, I'm good. I'm blessed. What's the agenda today? Well, the only agenda really is, and the only reason I'm here is because somebody prayed for me. Because of that, I feel burdened, called by God to give this message to people, saying that God's a God of hope. He wants to have a relationship with us. And I tell people all around the world, this one thing, and I, I want to explain it to you so you don't feel tricked or, or manipulated. We don't want you to do things that you don't want to do, but in a moment, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. When you close your eyes, everything disappears, but your soul, your thoughts are illuminated. And I want you to ask this question to God. Am I in relationship with you? And I reckon that's a fair question, don't you? It's not manipulative. That's just you and God talking. So I'm out of, out of the question. But as soon as you do that, God will talk to you. There'll be something special. And then as you ponder that thought, it'll be funny because God will talk to you. And then, as I was saying, there might not be like a lightning bolt moment or like a, a yelling, but there'll be a stirring inside. But there'll be another voice who will come as well because the devil doesn't want you to win. And if he comes, do me a favour. Just say, devil, no. Today's about me. Come on. My life, my family. Something's going to shift for me. And give God this window. As you're pondering that thought, I'm going to pray for you. At the end of the prayer, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand. Wherever you're seated, I'll see you. Then all together, we're going to pray a prayer out loud so you don't feel alone or embarrassed. For those people who lifted your hand, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to go to uh, a certain place. The pastor will tell you where. Get a Bible. I'll be there. I'd love to shake your hand. Pray for you if you'd like me to do that. And just honour this moment. So why don't we just close our eyes just right now. God, I thank you for these people. Come on, just ask that question to your soul. Am I in relationship with God? Even for some people, that would be a hard thing to do. But you can do it. You've come this far. As you're pondering that thought, let me pray for you. God, I thank you for those people who are here for the first time, second time. Maybe visiting from another church. They're saying, Andrew, it's true. I know about God, but if I'm honest, I'm not in relationship with Him. 
Something has to turn for me. I believe there are numerous people here who are saying, I cannot have another year like last year. Something has to shift. Something has to turn in my life. And you know that you're separated away from God. I'm not talking about you had, not, you missed your quiet time last night. I'm talking about when you look inside your soul, you're lost. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, Andrew, it is sin that is separating me from God, a, a wrong relationship, perhaps a secret sin that nobody else would know about but God. Or maybe you're here, you're saying, Andrew, if I was to face death like you had to, if I was to walk out of this room, get hit by a car, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know if I'd be in heaven or hell. There'd be a fear and uncertainty around that moment. But would you pray with me so I can have a relationship with God, walk in that relationship, have an assurance of my salvation? Come on, friend, if that's you. Why don't you just lift your hand just right now so I can see it. Ask you to put it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Come on, friends. If that's you, lift it high so I can see. Thank you at the back. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else is saying, Andrew, that's me? Maybe you're thinking, should I, shouldn't I? How do you think the devil's going to come? Do you think he's going to just stand there with a red suit and a pitchfork? No. He's going to whisper to you. But don't let the devil win. Not today. Push through. Give God this opportunity. Is there one more person saying, Andrew, that's me. I'm going to lift my hand. Give God this window. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Who else is saying, Andrew, that's me? High enough so I can see. Thank you. To my left. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Quickly. Lift it. I've got to go. Lift. Lift. Give God. What does a stretch look like? What does a stretch look like? It looks like this. It looks like you're lifting your hand saying, God, today, help me. Help me. That's what the stretch looks like. Can you stretch? Can you give God this window? That's where the rubber hits the road right now. Is there one more person? Thank you, 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 thank you. Come on, I know it's happening now. Thank you. Who else is saying, Andrew, that's me. Something's turning, something's shifting, something's shifting. Today, I'm getting connected to God. Today, something's changing. Today, I'm gonna stand for Christ. Today, I'm not gonna live this half in and out relationship. Something's turning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else? You're saying, Andrew, that's me. Lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. Who else? Thank you. Who else? You're saying it's with me. Thank you. Cameraman, thank you. Who else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. At the back, thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Who else is saying, Andrew, that's me. I'll fight for your soul. I'll fight for your miracle. Who else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Tell me. Show me. Tell me. Stretch. Give God this window. Give Him an opportunity. Let Him see your life. Bring the ugly to God. Tell Him you're sorry. Tell Him. Tell Him. Today's the day that I will stretch. Tonight there'll be miracle after miracle after miracle. As you give God this window, as you open your heart to Him, He will come in. I'm telling you, this place is going to be so full. We'll be in the courtyard. There'll be people coming in. Lines of lines, lines upon lines. As cancer falls off people. Miracles happen in Jesus' Name. Who else is saying, Andrew, today, I'm going to give God this window. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Every person lifted your hand, or maybe you didn't. 
but you know you should. I want you to lift your hand right now so I can see. Every person, you lifted your hand. I want to see it. Give God this stretch moment right now. In fact, I want to count if I can. I, I, I like to count because God's counting. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 9, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, at least 61 people. Give God some praise right now. These other people as well. 61 people. You know what? I, I, I believe this all in my heart. As you pray this prayer, connect to God. God's going to come in. And I've already prayed about tonight. I already know there's going to be so many miracles, so many lives touched. I want you to come. Where could the stretch be for you? Maybe you say, I'm the nine o'clock crew. It's the youth service. It's not the youth service. We're taking over the youth service. It's the miracle service. I want you to come. Ring a friend. Ring a neighbor. Say, listen, he's funny. He's not strange. When I pray for people, I always think this could be my dad or my mom. And with that love, you know what I mean? That's how I pray. Because I just know that it is somebody's dad, it is somebody's mum, somebody's sister, somebody they love, their grandma. We're gonna, we can take time. We've got a great message. It's going to be shorter than normal so we can create a space. I want you to come. Why don't we all just stand? For those people who are praying this prayer, asking Christ to come into your life, put your hand on your heart. We can all do that actually. Because that's what we're opening, aren't we? Pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus. Come on church, pray like I mean it. Dear Lord Jesus. This morning, I ask you into my life. Afresh and anew. I give you my life. I give you total control. Forgive me for any wrongs. For any sin. Because I know you died on a cross. Take away the sin of the world. Take away my sin. Forgive me. Today I am a new creation. A child of God. And just lift your hands to Him. God, I pray for miracles. God, I pray that, that You would even work before tonight. <laughs> Amen. God, that You are able telling you right now, for some of you, pain will be leaving your body even right now. Joint pain will be going, asthma's going, people with food allergies, healings, cancers shriveling up, the miraculous falling. God, we honour you. Lord, I pray that tonight you would steal the show, that your name and only your name would be glorified. We thank you and we honour you. Thank you for this great church. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the big clap to God. Pastor, come. Thank you. Let's thank Andrew just for uh, his serving and his speaking to us this morning. Thank you.
Hey, really quickly, you can pick up some of that uh, material or order it. It's just a little USB. You can go to the courtyard for that. Um, if you were someone that pray, uh, prayed that prayer from the heart first time this morning and really connected with God, uh, it's that simple. A 30-second prayer, just change your eternity. That's so good. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to our church family. But we do want to make sure you get started. We don't want to just kind of like pray for you and leave you on your own. But if you would go to these side doors right after service here at the Connect Center, there's people that want to connect you right away, give you some tools and resources to connect with God, a free Bible, information about our church, when the baptism is, new believers class, all of that. We just want to make sure that you get the best that God has for you. So if you raise your hand, all those 61 people, please go right out there and take advantage of what we have for you. The other thing we're going to do, um, this isn't part of the plan. This isn't part of what Pastor Andrew asked for. This is me as your pastor saying that we need to hmm, stretch. We need to personally invest in things where God is investing in us so that we can receive more. Uh, there's a verse in scripture, Proverbs 11:24. 24. I looked it up and it says, um, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. It's the message version. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. God will abundantly bless those that bless others. And God will help those that help other people. Now, here's what I know is, this morning I was stretched in my faith. I was stretched because what I heard and what we're gonna see tonight, I want more of that happening in my life and I want more of that happening in our church. I want the power of God. I want the miraculous. I don't want to just talk about it. And once in a while, we see miracles and we see healings because we do in this church. We believe in the power of God. We've seen cancer healed. We've seen broken bones fixed. We've seen relationships uh, mended. We've seen addictions overcome. We believe in the power of God. But don't you want more of it? Yeah. I want more of it. But you got to stretch for that. So here's what I believe. We are a generous church already. We do a lot of stuff. But I want to invest in this ministry and in this man and what Kabbalah ministry stands for because it's not just the man and his wife and all of that. It's the power of God that's being spread around the world in other churches. And I want to invest in that because if I invest in that, God's going to bless me and my church with that same thing that I'm investing in. Does that make sense, guys? So I know we already took the tithes and the offerings, and we thank you for that. You're, you're obedient to God. You're meeting the needs of our church. But we're doing something special, not his request at all. This is me, your pastor, just going, I believe in this, and I want more of this in my church, and I want to sow into the lives of every person that he and his wife and ministry go around the world into. So we're going to take another offering right now in this last song. We're going to pray for it. We're just going to pass the bucket. And if you can, just pray to God what's on your heart that you could give and invest and be stretching into something, an area that you want God to strengthen and to grow you in your life. Is that okay to do? And again, I'm not forcing you. There's no guilt trip attached at all. It's like, I just believe in the promises of God. And when I invest in it, God gives back to me. I've seen it countless times in my life. Let's pray. We'll take you guys out of here with one last song to our God. God, we come before you right now. We're thankful. We're stretched. We're blessed. We're convicted in a good way. Lord, I thank you for that. I never want to get stagnant. I never want to be the same. I never want to think that I know you enough or that I have enough of you. There's always so much more in my life and in this church, Lord, that you want to come and you want to move and you want to operate in power. So Lord, I pray that we would be people that, that believe in that stretch, that we know that we, we got to step out of our comfort zone. We got to believe for the miracles and we got to listen to what you're calling us to do and walk in obedience. 
But Lord, right now, we want to sow into your kingdom in a, an avenue that's going to bring more power into our lives, into the church, Lord, into the community through us. And we believe, Lord, as we support Pastor Andrew and Kubala Ministries, Father God, that you're going to return the blessing, that, Lord, we want to be a people that are constantly generous, constantly finding opportunities to bless those, especially those that have blessed us personally. Lord, we want to just keep the whole thing going and growing and reach more people for Jesus Christ. Bottom line, you're the answer to every problem in the world. Lord, and we're going to sow into that right now. So, Lord, bless whatever we're able to give as we give physically, Lord, as we write our checks or our cash, or, Lord, as we go to the, the back, the giving kiosk or online or whatever you'd put on our hearts to give, Lord, that we'd be able to sow into this. And, Lord, we want to see a great uh, abundance for you to sow into your kingdom purposes. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. And in Jesus' name we say, amen. Amen. So we're going to pass the buckets real quick. You can give at the kiosk if you want. Swipe your card. Um, if you want any of uh, Pastor Andrew's resources available in the courtyard. Um, with all of that, let's just sing this last song. And you guys have a great day. Be blessed.